0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to the, the Undiscovered You, a podcast for 20, 30, and 40 year old people who feel like they have so much more to offer, but are somehow stuck where they are. I'm your host, Kimberly Johnston, and this season we'll be speaking to and about some marvelous mentors. With me today, I am so excited to have Ali Levin, who is an amazing coach. She is passionate about helping women. She has recently launched a CLEAR program, which she's going to tell us all about, I hope. And she has some amazing experiences coaching people from across the legal profession and also working with some major tech corporations. So, Ali, thank you so much for being with us here today.
1: Great to be with you, Kimberly.
0: So, Ali, you started off your life as a lawyer, an employment and labor lawyer. Tell me a bit about how you made a transition from being a lawyer to doing what you're doing now.
1: Well, like all great things in life, it was something my mother told me to do. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I had been practicing law for about 10 years and uh, I got married and my husband at the time uh, had an opportunity to live and work in London. Mm-hmm. So I went with him, but I would have to requalify to be a lawyer. And I didn't know at the time how long we were going to be there. So my mom, who was an organizational psychologist, and I just want to say this is about 15 years ago, Mm. um, and coaching was, was really in its early stages. And a lot of coaches were organizational psychologists by background she called me and said, I know you're in London for a little bit and you're on a sabbatical from your law firm, but I have some lawyers that need coaching. Hmm. And I was kind of like, what's coaching? (laughs) What do you mean? And she talked to me for a long time about it. And what was interesting for me is I was already feeling like, well, I loved um, organizational life. Mm -hmm. I loved what I loved about being an employment lawyer and particularly a labor lawyer was oftentimes I was coming into the organization to figure out what was happening, how people were working. Um, But a lot of times, because I was a lawyer, things had already gone wrong. And I saw coaching as an opportunity to start to work with people um, at a different stage. Hmm. So how do we create the conditions for people to it started out me thinking, how could I create the conditions for people not to sue? (laughs) Like, and and, you know, but the more that I learned, the more I realized it was, how do you create the conditions for people to thrive? Hmm. So she, uh, early on, she said, like I'll coach you on how to coach people. She gave me a bunch of books to read. She gave me a few clients. She supervised me through them. They were all lawyers. And that was really interesting because at the time and still a bit today, I think when you're coaching lawyers, you have to have a lot of credibility and they yeah. love you to understand their world when you coach them. So I, I started out coaching in a field that was very comfortable for me. Mm. Uh, as soon as I realized I loved it, It was the most fun I'd ever had working. I went back to school. Um, I studied organizational leadership at the University of Oxford. And I also did a coaching degree um, through the OCM, the Oxford Coaching and Mentoring Program. So I did actually get properly trained (laughs) once I decided that I loved it.
0: Sounded like you had a good trainer, though, and your mom there. <laughs> I did. I'm very grateful. Okay. So um, also during that time at Oxford, I understand that you were an associate fellow for a bit. What was that all about? Yeah,
1: I was. it was really interesting. So Oxford was just sort of starting to build what they called and still call the coaching community. So there were a lot of us that were coaching on executive education programs. Um, And at this point in my career, I was coaching everyone and anyone. Mm -hmm. Like anytime there was an opportunity to coach on a program, I said, yes, I I coached as much as I could because you really need to get a lot of experience in coaching. Um, And at this coaching community, we would meet twice a year and talk about coaching issues. And one day I met this, this woman came up to me and she said, you're a lawyer. And I said, yeah. And she said, and then you went to business school. And I said, yeah. And she said, me too. And I said, great, (laughs) let's get a coffee. And we did. And we had, you know, we introduce ourselves often as like the American and the British version of each other. We have such similar backgrounds. And the school at the time was very interested in building a niche for professional services firms where we were running bespoke leadership development programs for law firms Mm. and they asked uh, Sarah and I to collaborate and we started doing this together so we became um, program directors for some major global law firms designing these leadership development programs um, instructing on them coaching on them and um, and kind of built a, a practice together from there. And after a year or two of that, they invited me to be an associate fellow. And I did that for, for as long as I lived in Oxford and actually a year after I, I returned to the States.
0: Amazing. What a great experience. And and actually, we ended up meeting through a major law firm who was having a general counsel conference. And you were there doing uh, one of your presentations on generations. And it was thoroughly enjoyable. I think it was the highest rated one out of everything on the program. I actually really loved it um, and learned a lot as well. And through that, um, I actually saw you presenting and you were so full of energy and life and knowledge. And you talked about being a former lawyer. And I was at a place where I was actually thinking about leaving the law and moving into coaching. And I just, you were basically who I wanted to be in 10 years, five years, if I was lucky. And I said, I just need to go up and chat with her. And I remember afterwards you were swarmed. It was like, you were famous And so I kind of just hung back and waited. Uh, And then I went up and I just said, you know, hi, I'm Kimberly. You know, I just wondered, um, you know, if you would have maybe 10 minutes to chat with me at some point and gave you the spiel about being a lawyer, wanting to transition and basically wanting to be you and thinking you were amazing, um, which you are. And uh, you made time for me. And I think that's that's one of the things that I, I keep recognizing in all the mentoring relationships I have had is that gift of time that your mentor gives you. And when you have that mentoring relationship and somebody gives you that gift of time, don't squander it. I think that is my biggest piece of advice I can give to all listeners because your time is precious. People pay a shed load of money for an hour of your time. And you giving that to me just to have a chat is actually you giving up X amount of dollars, X amount of pounds in order to do that. And I think- I think just respect that as a, as a mentee, we need to be respecting that the time of your mentor. But so first of all, again, very publicly, thank you for agreeing to be my mentor and for helping guide me. And and because of your guidance and because of your suggestions, you helped me find my niche. You helped me kind of discover what I wanted to do, where I wanted to go. And that's ever evolving. And I think that's, that's something that we'll talk about a lot on this podcast is, you're never set on one track that's going to take you to eternity. You know, it is, there are multiple branches, there are multiple tracks and that's, that's something else I've also learned from you, but very publicly. Thank you. for being that, <laughs> It's
1: so kind of you to say all of that. And I really appreciate that. And I think it's, you, you know, it's kind of the same for me. So when people reach out to me and say, can we talk for a minute? The thing, the first thing I ask is about what? Mm. You know, Kind of like, I need to know who you are and why you wanna to talk to me. But when you came up to me and you were sort of like, I, I am a lawyer, I've been doing this work. I love what you're doing. I think I'm interested in that. Will you tell me your story? Yeah. I felt the same connection. The same sense of common ground, the same sense of like, great. This is someone like me, someone who um, I have a, a you know a shared experience with and can find common ground with. It's, and I don't. By the way, we need mentors who are different as well. Um, and I speak about that a lot in some of the work that I do. But um, but it made it very easy. Um, there was it was a clear there was a clear understanding of how I could. Be able to help you and what I could share with you, and that that would be valuable to you. So, thank you anyway for
0: that. (laughs) So, in, in your experience, have you had any kind of mentors in your life that have helped to guide you, helped to shape where you ended up? I mean, you know, we, you talked about your mom. I mean, a lot of times we don't even think about the fact that our parents can sometimes be our first mentors. And it sounds like she had a lot to do with that. But other than your mom, are there other people that? help to shape and guide where you went?
1: Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Loads. I just want to start with (laughs) loads. Um, And I know you talked about the... One of the programs I run, which is the CLEAR Career Program, the E in CLEAR stands for entourage. Mm-hmm. And I speak a lot about how critical it is for us to, to, to be purposeful and intentional in building our entourage. But in telling you that, I want to kind of go back to my earliest mentors and how how they became my mentors. And I'll just start with, with practicing law because that's going to go back 25 years. That's far enough <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Um, and my first mentors were the the first person I really think of as a mentor was a a labor lawyer and there was no formal mentoring back then. Like no one was doing that. Um, And I think he became my mentor because I watched him. I loved the kind of work he was doing. I loved the clients he had. We represented at the time, like the Boston ballet and a record label and like all Mm. these really cool clients. And I just thought, And he was wonderful and he was so good and he became my mentor because I worked really hard for him, Mm. you know, like as soon as I decided I loved what he did and I demonstrated that passion for what the kind of work he was doing, the interest I had in the clients he had, and that I would work hard for him. It was a win-win for him. He's like, I'll mentor you because now you'll be my prize associate (laughs) and I'll give you all this work. So I think that's a a mentor that, you know, I found that was very specific to work. At the same time, um, there was another um, kind of senior associate and she was a woman And I loved the way that she was handling the politics and the way that she was like um, being very intentional about her career development. She was setting boundaries at work, which I didn't know you could do. So I sort of of made her my mentor, whether she would know that today if I wrote to her and said, you know, Leanne, you did this for me. I don't even know if she would know, Um, but like a role model. Mm. So so the first lawyer was um, a mentor in terms of how I do my work. The second one I found was a a role model. Um, In coaching, obviously, my mom, as we talked about, um, but through the Oxford programs that I used to run and teach, um, we worked with an organization called Mythodrama. They teach leadership through Shakespeare. And uh, we would hire these people to come and be on the programs we were running for law firms. And once we hired someone from that organization, and I watched him work, and I just thought, this man is everything I need in my life right now. He's like this, this guru. You know, I kind of hung on every word he said. And, um, and then at one point they had me come and work on their programs and I got to work with him one day. And after that, I actually, you know, he's a mentor, but I then hired him as my coach. Wow. And he's <laughs> been my coach now for, I don't know, four or five years. Um, and he's really both you know, and I think that I want to, I want to say that, that, um, he, he coaches me on my stuff, but he also mentors me in how we coach and and the kinds of conversations we have. So he's been a serious mentor to me in, in the coaching work I do. Um, another organization that I'm a part of is the young president's organization, YPO. Mm -hmm. I'm a certified forum facilitator for them. And I have been for like, I don't know, seven or eight, maybe nine years now. And when I, um, got that work, I was really nervous, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's facilitating retreats for extraordinarily powerful, successful people. Yeah. Um, and there was an, a woman who someone said, you should meet her. And I went to meet her. Uh, her name's Ronnie. And we had a coffee together in St. John's Wood, I remember. And I said, I think I'm going to apply for this role. And she said, great, and I'll help you. And then once I was selected, um, I just, I just reached out to her all the time. You know, I just said, I, I'm so sorry to come back to you, but you know, how do you do this? And I've got a a forum that's struggling with this and I'm trying to figure out a good exercise for this. She always made time for me, like always. And about three years ago, she started asking me for help. And it was just this amazing, you know, like this amazing relationship of, she's like, look, now you've been doing this for eight years and here's what I'm you know, challenged with or facing, or what would you do in this? And um, she absolutely was my guide through YPO. And I have met other women who there's a woman in France right now who um, is going through the process. And she wrote to me and said, well, you mentor me through the whole process. And I said, absolutely. Like paying it back, you know, exactly yeah. what, what Ronnie did for me. Um, when I launched my online kind of course coaching online, because I was looking for some way to reach more women, uh, I called somebody that I'd met once, you know, and I'd run a forum for her. She was in YPO. I'd met her once, but she had a really amazing practice online. And I said, will you talk to me? The kind of story you told about me. <laughs> I was like, I'm not in that world. I don't even know how it works. How did you do it? Yeah. And uh, I'll never forget. She she ran a Zoom session for me. She pulled out a whiteboard. She said, you should record this. She taught me like more in an hour and a half, and she runs master classes on mm-hmm. what she taught me that cost like ten thousand dollars to attend. And she just she just spent the time with me, so she was amazing. And then the last per- person I was thinking about is a reverse mentor that I have, mm-hmm. um, and it's still in this kind of online place, but you know. I didn't know how to use social media and I didn't know how to send like emails. And, you know, the first blog I wrote was like a, like an article in the American lawyer. It was like (laughs) so long. And she said, she said, you know, I will mentor you on how to connect with an audience virtually and how to write a blog that people can respond to on their phones and how to manage all of this stuff. And, um, and I said, well, I'll coach you, you know? And so we kind of did a trade like that, but yeah. I really consider her, a, 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 like it's a reverse mentoring relationship. Mm. Um, so I've had, I, I've had loads. Um, I have been specific and intentional about who I've asked. Um, and nothing's ever been formal. I've, I've never been part of a formal mentoring scheme. So that thing you opened up with where you said, you can't just wait for those schemes to be in place. I yeah. so completely agree with that.
0: Yeah. And I think, I mean, that's one thing absolutely for for all of our listeners is it's not about being part of a formal scheme. And we want to make sure that people know that, that, you know, mentoring relationships are different. They look different. They sound different. You have, you know, some that last a long time, some that are a short time. And what what I think is amazing is I can imagine almost everybody that you reach out to who helps you. It's also because you are so passionate about what your pet project is. And I wanted to talk a little bit about this because you, you basically, you were kind of moving in a direction, you were doing a lot of stuff and you had this moment where you recognized what I want to do is this. And can you just talk me a little bit through that process and how you came to this realization and what you did about that?
1: Yeah, I'm so happy that you asked me that question because what i teach in my in the entourage section of the clear program is how important it is that you have worked out your own values, purpose, mm-hmm. passion, energy, strengths and that you feel you feel inspired by that yourself that it you feel that you you want to leap out of bed in the morning to do this work
0: mm-hmm. because
1: when i reach out to people and ask for their support and i say as you know, Kimberly, my passion is supporting women. I, I want more women to lead. I want to empower women everywhere. And I give tirelessly to that work. And, and my paid work funds the giving that I do. And, and I tell the people that ask me, how do I find a mentor? to get really clear and specific about that before they go out. Because when they go out and they connect in their heart and in their head with what they're trying to do, other people will feel that mm-hmm. energy and inspiration and want to help. So I'm really glad you started with that. I think that I think that the lawyers that I worked with kind of helped me discover what kind of work I did or didn't enjoy. Mm-hmm. But mostly just by teaching. Well, this work looks like this and it feels like this and you know that it that was all pretty you know, it wasn't very deep. Like I'm sorry to say <laughs> but it wasn't very deep to kind of figure out which kind of which kind of law I wanted to practice my coach robin helped me discover my strengths Mm. like he really helped me discover and believe in what was unique about me and to believe in my own i'll tell you a story when i first um started working with robin when i was going to run a retreat or a leadership offsite or something i would prepare for three days Mm. for a one-day retreat you know
0: yeah
1: and at one point and I, i could it wasn't sustainable and we spent a lot of time talking about why I felt the need to prepare so much. We're, we're on Zoom and you can see my bookshelf. <laughs> There's a lot
0: of books, guys.
1: <laughs> I read constantly because I'm always like, what else don't I know? What else don't I know? And I read things like six times. And and he kind of helped me to believe in my own the word he used, and it's still hard for me to say, but I'm going to say it, was my own core intelligence, mm. my own ability to be in the room and know what we need now, what the group needs now to to be more open, to be more vulnerable, to reveal our blind spots, to shine some light, and and that has um, been so liberating, and I have so much more agility in a room now. And when I start a retreat today, I say okay, here's the agenda. So mm-hmm. this is plan A mm-hmm. and plan B is going to be what actually happens. happens. <laughs> <laughs> and let's see what that is yeah. um, because they'll, I'll just have a moment of insight where I'll say, do you know what? Stand up. We're going outside. We're going to stand in a circle and we're going to do this. Mm-hmm. And I trust my own intelligence now about what we need. And I think Ronnie, the YPO facilitator I was telling you about, she, she helped me to To discover and believe in my ability to create the container, the conditions where people feel completely open and they know it's safe. They know Mm -hmm. it's safe to be vulnerable, which is important work with organizations. Because what I notice is when I do work with teams, someone gets emotional and then someone else tries to move on. You know, and I, and I say, are you okay to the person who's, who's emotional? And I say to everyone else, it's okay. Our emotions are a source of wisdom. Our emotions are data, not directives. It's okay to be in this moment Mm. and, and listen to what's coming up and what are we doing together that feels like this? Um, and I think the last part of the question that I want to answer is how I found my, my real sense of purpose, which for the last Five years has been about empowering women. Um, My kind of tagline is I help ambitious women rise. You know, that's kind of like what I lead with. And, and, and look, that, that came from a, from a painful place. And as my coach says, we teach what we most need to learn. I think that a little bit, well, I had, well, there was a lot that was wonderful about my marriage and I was, I was with my husband for 14 years. There was a little bit of kind of clipped wings, mm. if you like. Yeah. You know, I think that I I abdicated a lot of my power. And I think I compromised on a lot of my own core values to the point where I woke up one day and was kind of like this talking head song, like, this is not my beautiful life. (laughs) This is not not my beautiful house. house. (laughs) And I had a really (laughs) beautiful house, by the way, on the grounds of Blenheim Palace. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) You know, and I was living a pretty big life. Hmm. Um, But you know, it wasn't me. It it just wasn't me. And, And back to my mom, she said, you were like Tinkerbell and your light was going out. And it was, it was a real act of courage to leave all of that. And, and as I, and and I moved to Southern California, which isn't so bad, um, <laughs> but, but I left a lot behind and I was pretty scared financially. I was really scared, even though I had a thriving practice, but I didn't know if it would translate. And I was leaving all of my clients that were in the UK. And, and I remember sitting with my, and I moved here because I have a sister and a brother here and it was safe. And I remember my sister saying, this is so interesting, Allie, you're like a lawyer and a coach and like an associate fellow at Oxford. And
0: do you really not know how to get car insurance? And I, I, was love kind it. Of like, I just <laughs> I didn't don't, I never had to do it. <laughs> do anything,
1: you know, yeah. for years. Yeah. And, and I got to this place where I, I started loving The, the, the work, Mm. you know, all of the, the grind was like, I am choosing things. I am making decisions. I'm buying this car. I'm like, everything felt really, really powerful. And it's been, and I, and I faced a lot of fears and somebody said to me, and I, I teach this in my course, but they said, you know, fear can stand for forget everything and run or face everything and rise.
0: Oh, I love that.
1: Yeah. And, 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 and my coach really sat said to me, you need to sit in this fear and feel this fear in your body. Where is it? What does it feel like? Make some space for it. What is it telling you? you know, there there was a time, honestly, Kimberly, where I used to say, I pay people to touch me or talk to me. I was like <laughs> acupuncture, coaching, therapy, <laughs> massage, like anything I could think of to help me feel okay.
0: Yeah.
1: But in that, in all of that, um, in that deep, scary work, mm. you know, in, in all of that was me connecting with my own, sense of self Mm. and my own belief. And coming out of that, I was like, okay, I know how to, I I believe I have this core intelligence. I know how to coach people. I know how to create the conditions for people to thrive. Like I get that feedback all the time and I feel really strong about who I am. Now, what do I want to do with my, my talents? And Mm. I want to say my skills, you know, Angela Duckworth talks about in grit. She says, it's, it's, it's all about effort like figure out what you're kind of naturally good at and you'll know what those things are. Like, I'm just good with people. I always have been, that was why I was a good lawyer. It's a relationship business, but then apply a a lot of effort and you're going to get to skill and Mm -hmm. apply a lot of effort and you're going to get to achievement. You know, she says effort counts twice. And so I just thought back to that purpose stuff, what's worth doing. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I said what's worth doing is supporting women everywhere I can. And um, you know, I know what you said before, and it's true, like I'm stupidly expensive. <laughs> and I decided that I was too expensive for the women I wanted to support. Yeah. You know, and it wasn't right that the truth is when I'm coaching at the C suite or the VP layer, 80% of my clients are men.
0: Yeah.
1: And um and I wanted to reach women. And so I found I talked to you about Annie, the woman who taught me about online online coaching. And I found a way to make the work I do affordable. I don't make any money doing it, but I don't, I'm, I'm just, I'm trying to get to a place where I'm not losing any money doing it.
0: That's that um, yeah, that I'm, would be smart. That's smart business I'm, right there. Yeah.
1: I'm getting closer. <laughs> I'm getting closer, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because I'm reaching so many women. And I've even started doing a bunch of, I do a bunch of work now for a group in America called Girls Inc., um, And in fact, I just, this is funny. I just ran for one week straight every night for two hours. I taught the mentees who are all girls age 17 and 18 from underserved communities, marginalized girls, you know, in Southern California were the mentees and the mentors were all women in businesses in Southern California that agreed to mentor them for a month in these internship programs. And I ran these sessions with them about how to build effective mentoring relationships so that these girls will have the support of these women for a lifetime Mm -hmm. and that these women will connect them to their networks and be with them through throughout all of it and all of that work obviously I do for free and but it's like if I'm going to empower women I got to start empowering girls too and again I have a 17 year old daughter so I do think when we find our purpose it's often about our own life experiences. The other thing my coach often says to me is the kind of the wounded healer. You know, like you, you if you if you've done the hard work yourself around something that really matters to you, you just wanna share that learning with mm-hmm. others. And so I think that's where I get my motivation. Every time I see a woman on my screen or in person, I am like, how can I inspire you to lead on what is most important to you? Because we need that voice. In our world today.
0: Absolutely. I think that's so inspirational. And I love the fact that you kind of worked through what you had to work through yourself, which sounds like it was, it was a hard journey and it sounds like it wasn't easy. And through that, you found that passion to empower women and to help women feel empowered. And I think your, your program, the clear program is amazing. And I would highly recommend it to anybody who is looking to do that. So anybody, any of our listeners, Ali Levin, but it's spelled A-L-I, but it's coach Ali Levin, isn't it? Yeah. So yes. coach A-L-I-L-E-V-I-N and it's com. Is that right?
1: Correct. Yeah. yeah. So
0: check out the website and there's lots of information on that, on that clear program there, but what you did with that is you took all of your knowledge and insight that you've done through all of your leadership courses that you've delivered all of your organizational, you know, organizational leadership course that you, you took at Oxford, and you pulled it together into this program that's incredible. And one of the things you talk about on the program, and I think you kind of touched on it briefly, was about sort of if you're on the wrong path. So if you're just walking blindly towards where you, you know, and you, you, ha- you have, the Alice in Wonderland quote that you talk about, and I don't, I'm not gonna steal that from you, but um, you know, you're walking blindly down a, a path. You're going to end up somewhere, but is that actually where you want to go? And I think having that intentionality and that direction is so important. And that's something mentors can really help you with is to explore that more and say, where are you going and why are you going there? And, taking that time of self-realization is actually quite difficult because sometimes your why is, I don't know, it's what my parents did or it's because I need to pay the bills or, you know, and are you actually passionate about it? And if you're not, it's sometimes you have to stay there because you do have to pay a mortgage. And, but I would challenge everybody, take that moment. If you are feeling stuck, it's likely because you haven't taken that moment of self-realization worked out, what are your core values, what drives you, what makes your heart sing, what is it like what, when you talked about, you know, your talent and then having effort, turn that to skill, et cetera, you know, what is that talent? What are your talents? And I, I said, you know, I think, I think it was actually you that told me keep a journal. You said, keep a journal for a week, um, because this is when I was trying to make the transition and trying to figure out what do I want to do? <laughs> and you said, what is it that depletes you? And what is it that energizes you? And write it down and come out of a meeting. And what is it about it? And again, for me, it's developing other people. It's pouring into other people. It's spending time. I'm a massive extrovert. And so when I'm doing introverted work, it just depletes me. And I actually, I, energy gets zapped from me. Total opposite from my husband, who when he is in that extrovert scenario, he's completely drained by the end of it, whereas I'm buzzing. And it's sort of you have to know that about yourself. So I just I I think that is fantastic. And I love the work that you're doing and the fact that you're you're not only feeding into women to try and get them into C-suites, but you're also looking at that next generation piece. So yeah, that that's just inspirational.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I love, I love everything that you just said. And it's funny because I think I think it's actually even harder for women, mm. you know, to do that, to, to stop and reflect and, and And like you were saying, is it somebody else's core value? Like the story I told about my life, I kind of took on somebody else's core values. And I think we we, we girls, when we're girls, we're told, put your head down, put your head down, do good work, just follow the path. Mm -hmm. You know, I I literally like, like, I don't regret going to law school at all. And I had 10 great years (laughs) practicing law and I love lawyers, but I went to law school because I had a boyfriend Mm. who said, you're smart, you should go to law school. Mm -hmm. and I was just so dutiful and I was like okay I guess that's what smart girls do you know and I just like never even stopped to think about it and all the stuff you said oh well that will be a lot of financial security and that'll be like something that I can be proud of and people will say oh she's smart that's the stamp of approval I need like every reason I did it was was the wrong reason and I you know sometimes I wonder had I done some of this work this core values work and this purpose work and this sort of talent and strengths work earlier, I, I actually might have been very happy continuing to practice law I would have become a civil rights lawyer, <laughs> and I would have done really different work, yeah. um, but. But I, I just, I, you know, I became a corporate lawyer because they paid big exactly. bucks and it yeah. um, and it ticked the box of status and mm-hmm. whatever and security. And, you know, we lawyers are very risk averse. Um, mm-hmm. So it just felt safe. And I think for a lot of women, um, we just, we take a path that feels like a path that people are laying out for us. And it's brave, it's brave to stop and say, Uh, what do I really want? And it's scary to stop and say what I really want. So I love that you kept the energy journal. I was um, for one of the clients, like corporate clients, I work with a tech company today. I just did a talk for an hour on energy management and talked about that journaling and how important
0: it is to pay attention to what gives you energy and what drains you of energy. Yeah. So, and you've spent a lot of time helping people discover stuff about themselves. So along this journey, what's kind of the big discovery that you've had Ooh.
1: I talk a lot in my program about reacting and responding, and how important it is to pause for breath and to respond. And Viktor Frankl talks about that in Man's Search for Meaning. You know, he says that in between the stimulus and the action is that, is that space. Mm-hmm. And in that space is our ability to choose. And in our choice is our power. And, and, and so I talk a lot about response ability. And I've been thinking about what my responsibility is in this world. And, and I, you know, just, just to be completely honest, I was going to be completely honest with you. I have for, even though I was an employment lawyer and I did a lot of unlawful, unlawful harassment (laughs) training as part of being an employment lawyer. Like I knew that world really well. Yeah. Um, I had never stepped in to, conversations about race. Hmm. I had never stepped into conversations about privilege. Even even the, the sort of empowering women work that I was doing and have been doing, I have understood that it has benefited white women hmm. enormously and privileged women enormously. And that I carry an enormous amount of privilege. Mm. I have two passports. I'm British and American. I'm white. I'm educated. Mm. I have a lot of privilege. And I was just really scared to get into those conversations and learning so much of the history. So the L in my program <laughs> stands for learning. Yep. And I'm speaking specifically about gender balance and, and, and how much women's leadership competencies matter on the program. Mm. But I have taken that learning to a new level for me and learning so much about the systemic challenges that, that so many people face and how to, use my privilege trade my privilege i'm willing to i'm willing to use it and pay you know like pay the way with my privilege to support other other people and and i'm not scared anymore of that conversation i mean i i was working for one organization and i said well I'm happy to like for free, start a book club and we can read how to be an anti-racist and I'll lead the conversation. But like, I'm like this white Jewish woman in Southern California. Like, why am I leading that conversation? But like no one else was willing to do it. Yeah. And so I think that what I've, what I've learned is self, really believing in myself in the, what I know how to do well. And, you know, look, I've been doing it for a long time now. So with that, with that experience and that self-belief in the work i do i'm i'm always up in the game like so now what can i do now what contribution can i make now what contribution so what started just as as for women has become anyone who identifies as a woman who's become women of all colors and races and you know places and religions and national origin and specifically seeking out you know those opportunities to ensure greater opportunity for for, to be with me, <laughs> like literally, yeah. like, so I can coach you because I, because I know what I know how to do. And so that's been, and I'm not, I don't feel, I don't feel afraid of it anymore because I know my heart's in the right place and yeah. it's okay if I don't know everything. And that's been my biggest, wow. That's just been huge. Yeah. Really-
0: I, I, I have a similar journey. So I'm, I'm really focusing on inclusion and diversity as well. And um, I don't know if you've read it yet, but the new Jim Crow. Have you read that one yet? I haven't if read you, it yet. If you want to blow your mind, read that book. It will. It is all about the legal system in the U.S. and how it's essentially been set up. Um, I, I should, oh, I, I won't. I won't give it all away. It is fantastic. It is a fantastic book. But I think. I think that's right. And I think that learning and that education and recognizing what your blind spots are. So if there is something that you don't know about, stop shying away from it. Learn about it. And, and I think that's really important. And and again, get a mentor, get somebody who's lived that experience, get a reverse mentor. So, you know, we talk a lot about people in C-suites getting reverse mentored by single moms or getting reverse mentored by black men or black women. And it's sort of actually have those conversations so that they can see, what are you, what are you facing against? What is it actually like to be you? And that's another beautiful level of mentoring that that's there. Uh, just love that. It, yeah. For the giving. I <laughs> love that. So I'm going to ask you our, our final question and it makes me sad that we're at our final question. Cause I could talk to you all day. Um, but what is uh, the best piece of advice you've ever heard?
1: I, I, I know this is what we've been talking about the whole time. And I, I wish I had something different to say, but I don't, <laughs> it's always connect with your purpose. Mm. It, it is just, just always connect with your purpose because we've talked about, okay, so we've talked about the the C, the L and the E in my clear program. The C is the clarity in the Alice in Wonderland and the story I told about waking up and saying, where am I? The L is the learning, the E is the entourage, but the A and the R Mm. are about awareness and resilience, awareness and resilience. And to me, that's all about purpose. Whenever I feel afraid, you know, the emotional hijack, you know, I've said something, someone's reacted poorly to it, or someone's given me some really difficult feedback, or I'm in a really uncomfortable or triggering, you know, moment. It's easy to kind of go defensive, shut down, do whatever your response is. And the thing that makes me stay in the game, you know, the thing that I can, like that Viktor Frankl stuff I was talking about, why I can pause and breathe and stay in it, is because I know that even if we're in conflict, even if something hurts, what why I'm having this conversation is because it matters. Because it matters to me about how we live, how we communicate, how we contribute to our communities and our worlds. So I find great strength, even when I feel exhausted or burnt out or stressed out, And, and I feel great resilience Hmm. in connecting back to
0: the work I do matters. Yeah. I love that. And if your work does matter, then you can connect back to that. And if it doesn't, you need to be doing something that matters.
1: Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And so much matters. So much matters. I coached the CEO. She's a woman of a big interior design company Hmm. and, um, and when i talk to her about what she does and she talks about the importance of beautiful spaces i i feel a frisson like i i get chills like i know what she's doing matters yeah so i just want to say that and i could say that about all the different companies that that i where i coach people so much matters yeah. so i don't want you to think like because I've chosen this, or I wish I, you know, maybe would go back and be a civil rights lawyer. It's whatever matters to you, what makes your heart sing. And there's so many things that that could be true for it, but it's about finding that.
0: Yeah. And it could be labor and employment law it could be what makes your heart sing. It could be what matters. And we need employment and labor lawyers in the world. And, you know, even, even if you're a bin collector, if that is something that actually you really love that you know, being able to get rid of trash for people. And that actually makes your heart sing. Go do it. Like don't nothing, nothing is below or above anybody. We need everybody doing what they are set on this earth to do for their purpose. But they just find your purpose. Absolutely.
1: Kimberly, there was a, you know, when I was at the business school, I remember somebody saying, you know, they walked into a, to a hospital and they met somebody and they said, what do you do for a living? And he said, I save people's lives. Hmm. and he was one of the janitors
0: and he does save people's lives and he just yeah. cleaning the cleaning germs, germs. Off of
1: everything
0: yeah which we and all after covid we all are very
1: aware of <laughs> yeah and that and and the way the story that this man told about hearing from him how he said it and how connected to he, that sense of purpose okay. he was and it matters. Yeah, it yeah. matters
0: exactly. Oh well, Ali, this has been fantastic, and um, absolutely please, people, check out the Clear program. So, coach a l i l e v i n dot com to get all the information there. Um, and I, I have learned a lot just chatting with you. Um, as always, love this. So, thank you so much for your time, Kimberly. Thank you so much. It's so good to see you. It was such a pleasure to have Ali on the show, and I hope that you discovered something about yourself along the way. Join us next week when I'm joined by Jody Lewis, who's the head of internal communications at a major financial institution. Please do subscribe and like, and we'll see you next week.